Hey everyone, welcome to a brand new podcast feed here on the CVCS Podcast Network. Today, we are introducing a new show called Growing Pains that comes from one of our high school social studies classes led by our teacher, Miss Madeline Cronenberg. I am joined in the studio today with Mrs. Cronenberg. Uh, first of all, thank you for being here and joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and tell you a little bit about this project. Yeah, thank you so much. I always start by asking the person to introduce themselves, uh, including how you got involved in education and how you came to CVCS. So what is your story? Amazing. Okay. When I saw this question, I was like, oh my gosh, because <laughs> I don't have this conventional path to teaching sure. that is natural. Um, I had took a very unconventional path. Um, but what's funny is from a young age, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher. Like my mom would always talk about how I would come home and I would uh, teach my dolls what I had learned at school that day. No way. So I think it was kind of within me to become a teacher, but I went into college in a small little college in Tennessee. And in order to be a part of the teaching program, you had to have a car. And what? my freshman, yeah, you had to have a car to like get to your internship site. Oh my goodness. And I didn't have a As car. As a freshman? Yes, yes. And oh, so geez. I didn't have a car. And my counselor was like, okay, well, you could graduate later and just do it next year. Just like basically start the program next year. And I was like, oh, that sounds too hard. So I just <laughs> changed my major. I studied psychology instead. Oh my uh, so gave up that dream to teach. But I think it was always <laughs> like in me, um, which is funny because as I look back, I'm like, oh, there was a plan there that was bigger than what I could see at the time. Because I think it is actually the experiences that I had in the in-between mm -hmm. that make me the teacher that I am today. And I'm not sure I would be the teacher that I am today without the experiences sure. that I had before. I was able to travel to over 30 countries and oh, wow. was able yeah. to volunteer, live in Thailand, live in um, Copenhagen, Denmark, and get involved wow, in yeah. some really cool organizations. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of the the spark yeah. notes version. Well, do they even say spark notes anymore? Is I that think so. An outdated I heard term. I students say spark notes Really? Because I feel like now ChatGPT can do right? anything that spark notes <laughs> can do. True. So maybe that's the ChatGPT version yeah. of my life. Very condensed. Um, you, in so. fact, met your husband overseas, didn't yes, you? Yes. Yes. We met in Vietnam. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's your, I mean, your, just whole, wild. your whole life revolves around that counselor's, yeah. you know, conversation exactly and so like years <laughs> later we're talking during covid i was working for a nonprofit organization it was an anti-human trafficking organization it was just me and a few other people and we were um able to do a lot like we were able to raise 10 million dollars in three Jeez. years for different anti-trafficking wow. organizations and i loved it had a passion for it but it didn't fill me up i left that job feeling like very drained mm. and so during covid i started to think what is my life going to be like mm -hmm. what what do I want my legacy to be and I felt this dormant dream to teach come back to me yeah. um and so it, I was like late 20s like already had my career planned out so it's a big leap of sure. faith um but I ended up finding a program that you could get a master's and a credential in a year Let's go. Yeah. So I locked myself up <laughs> in my apartment in San Francisco. San Francisco was the first city to close down in COVID. If you uh -huh. remember, literally like everything was boarded up. And so I had nothing else to do but to relearn history. My goodness. Like when I say history, I mean like world history, U.S. history, economics, geography, government. Oh. I just spent hours a day 
relearning the stuff that I had learned in high school, certainly, but didn't remember. (laughs) And I fell in love with it again. And I was like, I want to teach this. And so I ended up doing that year long master's credential teaching all online because all the schools were shut down. (laughs) So then my husband and I decide, okay, we're going to, we want to move to Orange County. Mm -hmm. We were in the Bay Area at the time. And I see this job pop up at CVCS. But keep in mind, I've never, ever taught in person. I've only ever taught online to students who did not have their cameras on. So I didn't even, yeah, so I did not even like see a single student's face (laughs) for a full year. And Mr. Walker calls me and he was like, would you be interested in coming to teach a demo lesson in person? Yeah. I was like, I don't know if I can actually teach to real students like face to face. So anyways, I end up, I do my demo lesson. It was amazing. I was like, wow, this is really what I want to be doing and got the job and going on. This is my third year at CBCS and I love it. And it's so energizing. Um, But that's the very, that's the chat GBT, the SparkNotes version (laughs) of um, my story. Wow. What a wild story. That is of the people I've interviewed, I think the craziest answer to that question that I've gotten. Well, it's funny too, because my first class that I taught here are the current seniors. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of them are are trying Mm -hmm. to figure out like, what do I do? Who do I want to become? And I feel like when I look at my path in life, it all makes sense now. But at the time it just felt, um, it didn't feel like it made sense. And I just kind of always said yes to the next right thing. Sure. And it didn't come together like they tell you it will. And so some of the just encouragement that I'm giving to those current seniors is like, it's okay if your path is unconventional. It's okay if you explore one thing that you're interested in and then pivot. There's no, it's never too late to do something that you want to do. And it's worthwhile to make that pivot if it's not where you're supposed to be. And I see like God's providence and all of that and learned things in every stage of life that I was in leading me here. So I feel that. I remember thinking, you know, when I graduate high school, it's kind of like this frontier. Then there will be consistency. If I get through high school, then there's, then that's, you know, I'm cruising. Then it was college. And then, you know, I would get that. And then that didn't happen. But like, you're speaking to that where it's like, life is just kind of naturally meandering. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I think that's valuable for your students to, to, to hear from you directly of like, some of the biggest life changes I've ever happened happened when I was 10 years older than you are now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like there's so much close, life ahead you know? of you. <laughs> yeah. And it might not look like that clear trajectory, but yeah. like God is always working things for good. Yes. Always. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, I love so that. Thank you for sharing your, your story. Let's talk about the podcast. Ultimately, uh, why we're here. Uh, this project is called growing pains. Uh, you envisioned this project along with your classes uh, over this past semester. Um, can you tell us about the project itself? Um, and then can you also describe for our audience, what did you specifically assign students? They had to, you know, what do they have to do uh, or read or study ahead of time or anything like that? And how does it fit into the larger uh, context of what you're doing in your class? Mm-hmm that is so many questions in one (laughs) but I think okay I'll preface by I teach world history I don't know if we said that but this is a world history Mm. so we did not say that thank you for welcome (laughs) so in world history what I love about this subject is that it allows us to see the world 
in a new lens. So when we study history, we're not just looking at the past, but we're under trying to understand. The goal is to understand the way that the world is today. Mm-hmm. So my ultimate goal for my class is that students start to see just how interconnected the world is through time and space. Yeah. That like what we're learning in history, it actually impacts us today. Um, and so I've been trying to have more of an inquiry-based classroom where mm-hmm. students are invited to tackle tough questions that matter to them. Um, so we had just studied the Industrial Revolution. So, for example, in the Industrial Revolution, I don't want students to just memorize the name of all these capitalists and be able to recite all the inventions that for came sure. about during this time. <laughs> not that that's not important, but there's like something deeper going on in the Industrial Revolution that deeply impacts us today. That's and right. so the question that I want students to be analyzing is what is the price of progress mm-hmm. that not only took place during the Industrial Revolution, but that is taking place today? And is that price worth it? Mm-hmm. Um, so in class, we document how the innovation and technology transforms every aspect of our society. Um, And students from the beginning of the unit are exploring this question of the price of progress. So quite naturally, as we started to explore this question, um, students started to look at some of the things in the modern day that they were seeing progressing at this exponential rate. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was reading some articles and there's Klaus Schwab. He is the, um, he's a chairman of the World Economic Forum, and he mm-hmm. coined this term, the fourth industrial revolution, mm-hmm. to basically indicate that we are in the midst of another revolution, a technological revolution, and it's transforming the way that we do everything, the way we yeah. live, the way we work, the way we relate to each other. So if you're listening to this, you might be thinking like fourth industrial revolution. Yeah. What are the other ones? <laughs> yeah. The ones we learn in world history, the first one is really where we, you get the steam powered uh, machinery that turns into factories that mm-hmm. really changes the way that we create things and that we're able mm. to interact with each other yeah. and trade and export. Um, so then in 1870, there is the second industrial revolution. This is more about like labor, division of labor, huh. electricity, mass production. Yeah. So another huge um, innovation period. Then 1969, 1970, that's where you get like electronics, IT. And I mean, you and I are, I think, around the same age, maybe. So we grew up, you know, in the internet age, the beginning of the internet age. So now we're in a time of like AI and robots. And I mean, things that we can can hardly even comprehend, right? And so... The reason that this project is called Growing Pains is because essentially we're living through a time in the fourth industrial revolution where we're experiencing and we haven't yet fully experienced the growing pains of this industrial revolution that we're living through. And so students (laughs) were able to choose a topic that interested them that was a part of this fourth industrial revolution. And they researched it and they looked at studies and they analyzed some of the impacts of it, both good and bad, uh, to find out, one, what is the price of progress? And two, is progress worth the price? So research skills in there, how to find reputable sources. I even, at some point, I show students how to use some of these tools like AI, like ChatGPT, to help them in their research, not to replace them. Because yeah, the whole yeah, time yeah. we're also talking like, okay, we can't let robots do the thinking for us. Like, right. <laughs> that's one of our biggest takeaways here. We yeah. still have to maintain our uh, our mental autonomy. Yes. Um, but they use what they learned during our unit on the Industrial Revolution to wow. guide them as they study this yeah. current one that we're Wow. That is fascinating. Here's what's funny about that is 
I've listened to snippets. I haven't listened to a whole episode yet. I had no idea the scope of this project was that existential. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people, we're having crises in, yes. in our world history class. <laughs> I would be too. I'm having one right now. <laughs> um, my goodness. Does this project um, as a podcast replace a project that you have done in the past? So in the past, I've, I've kind of been grappling with this question for a little bit, but I didn't introduce it to students right away. And it was a natural progression um, that has taken place over the last few years as students ask questions ab about today, trying yeah. to connect it to the past. So I used to have students do a persuasive writing project where they would write letters to their senators about mm. essentially current modern day innovations that sure. have um, unintended consequences was how I used to phrase it. But then I felt like there was a lot more going on that I, that students, I wanted students to really be able to pick both the medium that they produce their project and presented their project mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. um, and their topic. And yeah. so I expanded a lot more. So um, for a little bit of context, the podcast was not the only thing students could do. I let them gotcha. really do whatever they wanted to um, because we've been exploring this idea of machine to garden. I'm sure yeah. you've talked about this on yeah. other podcasts. James has talked about it. Yeah. yeah. And what's cool is that machine to garden goes back to the industrial revolution. Hey. It does. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it yeah. Does. With Britain being the biggest industrial power, needing their um, empire to really be aligned on right. education. They created this kind of formal education system that created essentially the same type of worker. So with this idea of machine to garden, I wanted students to be able to present their findings in a variety of ways. And so it was so cool to see what they came up with. Yeah. I was really thrilled that I think it was 12 students decided to do a podcast. I loved yeah. that because I think there's so much you can explore in a podcast and a conversation um, to grapple with this question. But some students created artwork. How exciting. I had um, Landon Beck. Oh, my gosh. He filmed himself in virtual reality. Oh, wow. <laughs> talking about the benefits of virtual reality and some of the oh downfalls. Of and so it was just so cool to see their creativity. Oh. So much better than a simple persuasive letter, which some students also took on and did great at. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. You've not done a podcast or at least students haven't done podcasts for you before this project. What were your thoughts or expectations as you were opening up the doors to podcasting? What did you hope or fear students would get out of the process? Yeah, I think because it wasn't a fully like podcast project, I didn't have that oversight that I think I would if, if every student in my sure, class was doing a podcast. Absolutely. And so even opening that up was a little bit scary because I was like, I, I don't really know how to guide students through this. <laughs> like, sure. I don't know if students listen to podcasts. Like, I don't know the guidance I can give them. And so I left it really open-ended. But what's cool about where our school is at right now, and this is absolutely kudos to you mm -hmm. for creating the space that so many students have now utilized yeah. that students that weren't even in my class were helping the students in my class with their <laughs> podcast. Yes. And actually That's in right. one of the episodes, you'll hear like another student who's not even in my class helping <laughs> other students with the podcast because that's just where we're at as yes. a school is so many people have utilized this. And so they're able to help other people with it. And yeah. so 
I didn't have many thoughts or expectations going <laughs> sure, in. Sure. And I was a little bit nervous about like, how do I grade this? How do I figure this out? But um, hearing feedback from students, listening to their podcasts, I think that there's so much potential mm-hmm. um, with adding this as a key part of this project in the future. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, now that you've heard the work, you've listened to all the episodes that have been recorded. Uh, how do you feel like the students did? Like, what are your biggest takeaways about the 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 process, and what do you feel like students really excelled at, and where do you think students maybe need more direction uh, in the future? And that th- that can be an answer to the podcasts specifically or about mm-hmm. the whole project. I'm mm-hmm. happy to hear about growing pains and yeah, the, the other yeah. the other <laughs> kinds of deliverables that have happened as well. I mean the first time you do any project, there are gonna be growing pains. Oh yeah. Yes, that's for true. sure. Apt um, name. <laughs> overall, I think the students excelled at the conversations, um, especially where like moving away from just reading off of a script or reading off of research mm-hmm. um, and moving into more of a natural conversation because that's what's so much easier to listen to yeah. than a student giving a you know, word by word presentation. That's right. I think that there is room for growth with like bringing in more specifics with a podcast, it's really easy to give your opinion, which is important, but also the point of the project is to be informed by research. Mm-hmm. And so I think something I'm thinking about for next year is is how to do a podcast where it is a natural conversation, but that everything you're saying is informed by research. Mm-hmm. Essentially, what we want students to walk away with is really good argumentative skills, like really good argument-making right. skills. Um, being able to defend your arguments with evidence. So there's absolutely room for growth, but um, I think that it was a really great starting point and I'm proud of the students for doing something that they hadn't done before, trying something new um, and being willing to engage in that conversation. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, As a teacher on like a professional level, what have you learned uh, through doing this project? Again, it doesn't have to be limited to just mm-hmm. podcasts, but what have you learned on a professional level as a teacher? So before the project, I talked to Mr. Walker, I talked to the humanities dean, Mr. Bond, and I had my reciprocal learning partnership observation. Yeah. Um, and I remember telling them, like, I'm really nervous because it's so easy when you give everyone one project Mm -hmm. and it's like it's easy to grade there's a rubric and I know what to expect and I know what success looks like and having it so open-ended it's Mm -hmm. hard to create a rubric for that and so actually the majority of me creating this project was trying to create a rubric that could encompass so many so many kinds of of projects so that it's equitable how I'm grading like how do you grade this in an equitable way am I asking too much am I asking too little how much time do students need on this what support (laughs) can I even offer them all these things were going through my mind as I created this project but what I've realized is that like whenever you do something that's out of the normal scope of a project Mm -hmm. there is a chance that it will fail miserably but there is a lot to learn in the process of that. Yes. So even after this project, which I think ultimately was a success, I had I have like a whole page of notes 
Mm-hmm. And I asked students at the end, hey, give me some feedback on how this went for you. Did you need more time? Did you get enough support? Like, what would you have liked to seen added? Or yeah. um, were the instructions clear? All of that. And so I have all this feedback for next year. That's tremendous. That I'm going to be able to implement. Um, but I, I love that, like, all my students were also willing to take on that risk with me. Yeah. Like, we were all kind of... We didn't know how it would turn out and it was okay if we failed because we are learning something through that process. I I love that. That's why we're here. Yeah. And you've actually kind of blended into the next question, which is great. Uh, It sounds like you're doing this again next year in in some fashion. Uh, What was the feedback that you got from students and how will, let's call it growing pain season two, like be different (laughs) next year? (laughs) I think the big thing students said is like, we needed more time to complete it, Um, which is really fair because I think that the questions that they're grappling with are actually really intense questions and they're changing all the time. When you look at the research around AI, like we're in the middle of that right now. So even next year, when you tune into season two, um, there's going to be be new research out there. There's going to be a new reality that we're living in. Um, And so I think more time is essential. I think with the podcast too, um, working with maybe some other teachers who have done podcasts Mm -hmm. um, to talk through kind of how to support students in that because there's so much potential um, within that. And yeah, just opening up the time and the space. I think as teachers, a lot of times we feel this impending um, pressure to like, we have to get through this much content. Right. But I think what I'm learning more and more is that it's not so much about the content. It's about what we're doing with the content. Yes. And if, we, if I'm not giving my students mm. the time and the mm-hmm. space to be thinking through the content and how it relates to us, then it doesn't matter. It's right. going to leave our brain the moment we leave and you're going to be like me having to relearn history <laughs> in a closet in San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Like there's a better way. That's amazing. Uh, Last couple questions as we wrap up. I want to direct towards the audience, or at least the responses, not the questions. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, I want to direct the responses towards the audience. So, Maddie, what can our audience members expect to hear when they now start listening to the student episodes? And when I ask that, I essentially mean what is like the actual format of the episodes do they follow a format do they Mm. follow like a scripter kind of thing what are the episodes really look like that's a good question I think they're all very different and part of that is because I didn't have a script or a template it was very open-ended that's good but students did do research in the same way so you're probably going to hear students talk about the history of whatever their part of the revolution is so for example you're going to hear Austin and Andrew they talk about robots they talk about AI they'll give you a little bit of historical background about where these things came from Um, Nathan Sam and Talon they chose (laughs) video games which is amazing, which is amazing. And there's so much research around video games that I think was eye-opening to them. Um, Yeah. I had some of them last year in digital production and we had a semester about gaming. So I hope they utilize some of that. Oh, I'm sure they did. I can't wait to hear that. They were very well researched. They were very well researched. You're you're welcome, Um, guys. (laughs) you'll You'll hear some of the historical background and then you'll hear them talk about some of the research that they encountered, some stories along the way. And then the goal for them is that at the end, they actually tackle this question of what is the price of progress and Mm -hmm. is it worth the price? Um, And so there are a few groups who have the same 
um, the same topic. We have Harper and Kendall. They're going to be talking about commercial commercial space operations. Mm-hmm. And then Jackson, Logan, and Cameron, they have a really candid conversation about space as well. Uh, they'll talk awesome. about Elon Musk and oh, some, yeah. some of these things that you've maybe been hearing sure. in the media. So there's a lot of different stuff. There's social media. There's robots, AI. I mean, all video games, all these things that I think Fun. students actually are interested in and can relate to and maybe haven't stopped to think about some of the unintended consequences yeah. of, and the benefits too. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. So for the last question, if you could um, direct the answer straight to the audience, what is your send off to our audience as they now go through and start hearing the student episodes? And what is ultimately your hope that the audience gets out of these episodes? This is where I get so excited because Let's as go. a history teacher, I'm like, ah, oh, what can we learn from history? This is yeah. amazing. Okay. Through each revolution, we learn lessons and history shows us that a lot of times the lessons that we learn come too late. Mm. For example, in the Industrial Revolution, it wasn't until 73 years after the Industrial Revolution started that we see reform for child labor. Yeah. And it was, and even when those reforms happen, like there's the um, 1833 Factory Act, like that only made it illegal for children under the age of nine to work. Which is crazy. So it wasn't until yeah. 40 years later. In that fairness, I know some very strong nine-year-olds. True, true. No, no. <laughs> but it wasn't until 40 years later that there were laws protecting a student's Jeez. right to go to school. And so, again, an example of like, we're learning these lessons too late. And yeah. so right now, like we're living through a pretty wild human experience. Mm-hmm. And one of the big threats I see with all these technological advancements is that it has the potential to really disconnect us yeah. from each other from the human experience. So if we can start to get curious about the world we're living in, about the advancements, while being informed by both both history and our faith, right, inspired by our faith, I think that we can make some powerful decisions that can negate some of those harmful effects of the price of progress. Because often that price is that of human connection, and it's really imperative that we don't lose that which is why it's so cool to have a podcast where you build human connection. (laughs) So I hope that these conversations inspire that curiosity in people. And I'll leave you uh, with one of my favorite quotes from Desmond Tutu. He was a famous bishop and a theologian. He was a human rights uh, anti-apartheid activist. And he says, my humanity is bound up in yours. We can only be human together. Oh, that's fantastic. What a final word that is. No one else has ended with a quote quite like that before. That's amazing. I love it. Thank you for joining me today, Maddie. This is awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for introducing this. And thank you, audience, for listening once again to another episode on the CVCS Podcast Network. This is Mr. Jasper signing off. Have a great day. This episode has been a production of the Capistrano Valley Christian Schools Podcast Network. Capistrano Valley Christian Schools is a Christian JK-12 school in San Juan Capistrano, California. Be sure to check out, subscribe to, and leave a review of this show and the other shows on our network on your podcast player of choice. Doing so supports the school community in a multitude of ways. For more information about the CVCS Podcast Network or any of our other shows, check out cvcs.org or email 
podcasts at cbcs.org. On behalf of the whole network, this is Mr. Jasper saying thank you again for listening and stay tuned for more.